What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Deontay Johnson's going to disappoint. Deshaun Watson may as well. But Gabriel Davis and Adam Thielen, those could be draft day bargains. These are some of Dave's bold predictions. Welcome to the show. It is Thursday, June 2nd. NBA Finals tonight. We're going to talk to a Celtics fan who's gone to one Celtics game in his life about that in a little bit. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Heath Cummings. It looks like he's a little mad at me, which is good. I, I poke No, I, I don't. I just, I think that's really um, elitist of you to assume that anyone could afford to go to a basketball game. Typical that's Knicks fan fair. calling out the Celtics. That's fan. not fair. Okay, most it's completely it's completely elitist. Most basketball games are very affordable for you. I haven't been to. I don't know the last time I've been to a basketball game, Heath. So uh, Heath's been to an NBA game more recently than you have. Yes, so we can start there. Yeah. How many <laughs> How many NBA games did you watch this year? Me, Adam, you. Oh, eighty. No. But I watched did you almost watch every the match? I watch almost every Knicks game. Uh, did I watch oh, the match? No, I didn't watch the match. We'll talk about that later. Let's get into bold predictions. Let's get into bold predictions here. Yeah, Your emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. You can also, that's the letter I, cbsi.com. You can also leave us an Apple podcast comment. We're going to read some on tomorrow's show, although I'm going to be in charge of organizing them now because Schrager's gone. Our first show in the post-Ben Schrager era. All right. Here are Deont- what could possibly go wrong. <laughs> Here are Deontay Johnson's 17 game paces each of the last two seasons with an Azer stat. Good. I removed two games from 2020 in which he played a combined 25 snaps. Okay, are we okay with that? He had three targets in those two games. Barely played. Yeah. Would we have started him in those games? Did we that know where he was going to be? Does not middle? matter. That is not the point. This is not a a started fantasy point stat. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Sure. Go ahead. Take away those two games. Here was his 2020 17 game pace. 114 catches, 1,210 yards, nine touchdowns, 184 targets. Here's his 2021 17 game pace. 114 catches, same exact amount as 2020. 
1,234 yards. That's 24 more than 2020. Eight touchdowns, down from nine. 180 targets, four fewer than the year before. Uh, Honestly, it's almost the exact same pace for Deontay Johnson when he's been healthy, which is amazing considering the Steelers' passing offense was so much worse in 2021 than it was in 2020. Uh, Oh, it was. Just the raw numbers. 35 touchdowns to 21 in one fewer game. Okay, so the touchdown part of that, I agree. And about 300 more yards. ever mattered for Deontay Johnson is the fact they threw 650 passes both seasons. Okay, but the the only reason he's been good. The yards were lower and the touchdowns were lower. The touchdowns were much lower. Anyway, Dave, what's your bold prediction on Deontay Johnson? The bold prediction is that Deontay Johnson will not finish as a top 20 fantasy wide receiver uh, in any format. I think it's easier to say in non or half PPR, but including full PPR, I think he's going to struggle because Heath already talked about this. He's always been a volume king. He's always been the guy that gets a ton of targets. He averaged 10.6 targets per game last year, uh, actually over the last two years. And Roethlisberger and the Steelers threw at least 63% of the time each of those two years. And I don't know if the Steelers are going to be willing to let Trubisky and Pickett dictate the offense like they did with Ben Roethlisberger. I bet they bring that in considerably out of 60% and probably closer to like 55%. We also heard about Chase Claypool this week talk about how the receivers need to try and diversify a little bit more. I don't know if that's a Claypool thing or if they're just going to try and line up receivers all over the place and really try and force defenses to to pick and choose their battles on the field. So the bottom line is that I think the targets for Deontay Johnson come down. And if those come down, his efficiency has stunk. Um, And and that's why I'm worried about him being good on, say, 120 targets or even 115 targets. Among wide receivers with 50 more catches last year, he finished 15th in yards after catch per reception. Uh, 20th in yards per route run. He was under 2.0 in yards per route run. 32nd in end zone targets. That's with Ben Roethlisberger uh, as his quarterback. 38th in yards per reception. 29th in catch rate. He had a 63% catch rate, which is wild considering his A dot was 8.5 yards per target. You'd think that he would catch more of those types of throws. So I just, I, I think he's, the targets are going to come down. Sealers are going to spread it around a little bit more. Sealers are going to run the ball a little bit more. Deontay Johnson won't come through as a big-time fantasy receiver. There have been 25 wide receivers who have earned at least 300 targets since Deontay Johnson came into the league. He's earned 400. But 25 have have earned at least 300 targets. He is the only one of those wide receivers who has averaged lower than seven yards per target. Wow. Yeah, it's little dink and dunk throws. But has he had anybody who watched Steelers games knows this. Has he had the worst quarterback of that group? Because he had Mason Rudolph and... Oh, uh, that other guy whose name I always forget that one year. Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges. And Ben and two years of bad Ben. Yeah. Um, well, the guy right above him is Robbie Anderson. Right. So right above probably him, not. But some bad Okay, but, but they're basically tied. They both have had terrible quarterback play. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't think he's going to have good quarterback play this year, and I think he's going to have less volume. I, I don't have Dave. I don't have him outside of the top 20, and – you shouldn't bold predictions aren't based on rankings anyway, but oh, I've got him 17th, yeah. I think, in my projections in full PPR, 22nd in non PPR. So I in wholeheartedly endorse this bold prediction. I think it should be more bold. Well, Dave has him 27th. 
So yeah, I'm yeah. out. That's so you are making your rankings reflect what your bold prediction because is. I don't want to just wish stuff. But that, like, that's the point of a bold prediction is yeah. to say something outside of the rankings. Yeah, but that's the fun of it. <laughs> I I don't like doing that because then it's like, well, you said this in your bold prediction. No, who podcast, says that? That's nobody's ever said that. Come on, that's the best I've been called on it. Predictions nobody just, ever. Hey, you know, I don't mind being bold, Heath, and I'm not bold enough most of the time. Usually, I'm I end up being the most cautious of everybody on CBS, and I don't like that. This is a case where I think it's pretty clear that Deontay Johnson is going to struggle. I will take Gabriel Davis ahead of Deontay Johnson in my PPR drafts this year. Wow. That's bold enough. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I can draw you know, at a later show. I'll say who maybe if you want to be optimistic about Deontay Johnson, who might inspire you? Keenan Allen. Yeah. Keenan Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll, do that. we'll do that at a different show. Uh, and it's done. One. Looking, if you're looking for a leg up on your bookmaker, we've got you covered on the Early Edge podcast powered by Sportsline. Every day you can join Coach. Jonathan Coachman, and an expert crew of Sportsline handicappers to break down the biggest games of the day. Every episode is 20 minutes or shorter, and it's in your feed by 11 a.m. If there's a sharp side to the action, you'll be armed with it. So go check out the Early Edge podcast wherever you listen to FFT. Some news and notes, more sad news. Uh, Another death in the NFL family. Former Dallas and Bears running back uh, Marion Barber passed away at the age of 38. It's very sad to see. Sad to see it. but uh, some football news, Travis e- or some on-the-field news, sorry. Travis Etienne seemingly only caught passes at practice, according to CBS Sports' Jonathan Jones. Mm. And Etienne's been talking about how he wouldn't mind being, he wants to be Debo Samuel. He wouldn't mind being Debo Samuel. But Dave, what else stood out from Travis Etienne's quotes? Well, I don't know if this necessarily stood out from Etienne's quotes, other than he, he talked about how he loves being able to catch the ball and make plays against defensive backs rather than running between the tackles. And he said, who wouldn't love that? And it makes perfect sense. Jonathan Jones also noted it's it, it's OTAs. They can't really glean anything by handing off in a, in a practice where no one's wearing pads and no one's doing any tackling. So they're going to use him more in the passing game. But we know that ETN has awesome catching upside. And here, here's another player that I'm happy to take ahead of Deontay Johnson wow. in my fantasy drafts on the chance that he ends up being a guy that catches 50-plus balls and – racks up plenty of yardage and is used more as a receiver than as a running back in Jacksonville. I will say if James Robinson starts the year on the pup, I could get on board with ETN over Deontay Johnson. If James Robinson's on the active roster week one, I don't, I don't think he's going to get enough care and if carries. Okay. Let's go to our next news item here. Ryan Tannehill and Austin Hooper have Good chemistry going on right now, according to Titan Insider. But really, it's, you know, it's just kind of a, I don't know, what is it, like a grab bag to see who's going to be that, that guy for Ryan Tannehill. And that's not Traylon Burks yet. But are we, right. sleep, are we sleeping on Austin Hooper? I guess that's one question. Austin- that, that nugget came out in a story about how Traylon Burks still doesn't quite have, or at least there's still questions about his conditioning. Like at this point, he is participating in most of the practices that he's in, but it's it's not necessarily like he, he's 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 working no problems. Like apparently, an inhaler was involved. I don't know. It's it's kind of a mess. Uh, I'm starting to find tight ends that I don't mind as streaming options. Hooper 
I guess he makes the cut. He takes on the Giants in week one. I, you could take him with one of your last picks, but give me give me Gerald Everett. Give me David Njoku. There's probably going to be another three or four tight ends I'd rather have than Hooper. We should probably like, and the, not us as a podcast, but the whole world should, like, we need to find a better way to discuss what we don't know about what's going on with Traylon Burks. Because if it's an inhaler, that wouldn't have anything to do with conditioning. Why that, not? That, you take inhaler. It's a different type of conditioning, Heath. It's it's a it's it's, a it's not necessarily issue. a weight issue, right? It's a health issue. Okay, why well, don't? But yeah, conditioning I think insinuates that someone's out of shape. Well, I don't know. I right. I, I don't I don't I don't know. think they give inhalers I to agree. people because they're out of shape. Unless it's yeah, I've never seen that. It's usually oxygen or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like if. We don't know what's going on with Traylon Burks, and they're being pretty coy about the whole thing. So they're like, I would hate to think that he's got some health concern, and people have the idea that he just gained too much weight. Yeah, right, right. But I, we never heard anything about a health concern. We never heard anything about him gaining too much weight. Yes, we did. I told you. I've said Prisco. Okay, that was before OTAs said that there was concern that he might gain weight. It was like rookie mini. No one has said he's coming out of practice because he's gained weight. Yeah, I didn't say anything about him gaining weight. I just it seems like he's out of shape, which isn't necessarily gaining weight. I mean, I'm out of shape right now. I'm not gaining weight. Yeah, no but you're not going to give you an inhaler to help you get through the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I could do the podcast. Okay. Heath enjoyed the match, according to Heath. Oh, it was fantastic. It was really intriguing. It was funny. There was a great life lesson hidden inside of it. It was it was really wonderful. Um, Aaron Rodgers was the best golfer uh, for the entirety of the match. Uh, Tom Brady had by far the best personality. Um, I Patrick still don't Mahomes, know who won, Heath. I'm going to guess the old guys. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was probably second in both categories. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, Rodgers and Brady won the first two holes. They played 12 holes. Uh-huh. And you just win holes or you push the holes and nobody wins them. So Bro- Rodgers and Brady won the first two holes. Um, Allen, Josh Allen really, really struggled with the golf game throughout the entire event. Um, really did not hit very many good shots at all. And Mahomes decided on hole three that it was time to start drinking. Um, <laughs> so he he was giving Coors Light all the free advertising they could handle. And we saw this truth that I've talked about, and it's true in bowling. It's true in golf. It's true in pool. It's, tr- it's true in a lot of these kind of sports. There is a, a stage you can get to with alcohol consumption where you become better than you actually are at these sports. It's impossible to hold on to. <laughs> so we saw Mahomes about hole four or five just caught fire and got loose and was playing outstanding. They came back. They took the lead. They were like minus 200 in live betting. And then he lost it. And he started hitting the ball out of bounds and in the water. <laughs> and they uh, tied it back up. And Rogers made a putt on 12, a nice putt, to uh, to win it. Cool. That sounds fun. It was very fun. You excited for tonight? I'm very excited for tonight. I wish that we could start at a reasonable time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I will take a nap this afternoon so I can stay up. I I'm, just can't wait to see the matchup between Steph Curry and Marcus Smart. Who are you rooting for? 
I will be rooting for the uh, for the Celtics. Was that a tough one? Because I know how much you love Steph Curry. I do love Steph Curry. Um, I, like my son was a Warriors fan because he's a front runner and just like randomly changes teams all the time. He's currently a Celtics fan, but if the Warriors win, he will be a Warriors fan again. <laughs> well, he's got his team is going to win a championship this year. Yeah. for sure. Tell him congratulations. Yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> I uh, am going to the Yankees game tonight. And I was, it was supposed to be Shohei Otani was scheduled to pitch tonight, but they got rained out and he's now pitching the day game of the doubleheader. So I'm not getting to see Shohei Otani, unfortunately. I was, uh, I mean, I'm well, you'll see him hit. I will see him hit. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that'd be cool to see him pitch, but oh, well, still looking forward to going to the game. Are the Yankees good? You can go to the doubleheader tomorrow and see both. No, the doubleheader's today. Oh, he's pitching it so in, in like leave two right hours. now and go to the game. <laughs> are the Yankees good? They have the best record in baseball. Okay, oh, they are good. That's going to be a fun collapse in October. <laughs> oh, will you stop? Let's get back to Dave's <laughs> bold predictions. Deshaun Watson, in his last three seasons, I guess really in every season, because in his four seasons ago he was the number one quarterback per game as a rookie. The next three seasons he's been number four, number four, and number six in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, and number six, number six, number seven in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Almost surprised it's not higher. That's per game. He's actually been a top-five quarterback in three straight seasons, seasons obviously not including 2021, but that's overall. Top-five overall, top-six per game in four-point, top-seven per game in six-point in three straight seasons. Dave says this about Deshaun Watson. Oh, you go now. Even when he... Yeah, yeah, he's he's right. not going to play a drop. <laughs> <laughs> even even when he comes back from suspension, Deshaun Watson will finish outside the top 10 in fantasy points per game among quarterbacks. Won't be top 10 per game. Okay, why? So even if he's – it's easy to say he won't finish as a top 10 quarterback because if he gets suspended, he won't get enough points in half a season to finish in the top 10. I'm saying on a per-game basis, he still won't be top 10. And I, I feel like it's it's – I don't feel like we should take his past results for granted when he hasn't played football in over a year. He's on a completely different team, completely different environment. It's a total turnaround of a situation for him. If he can overcome it, hey, I'm going to look really bad here, and he's going to be awesome for fantasy. And the Browns will probably be like in playoff contention, if not a Super Bowl contender, because of it. But I, I kind of feel nervous about trusting him considering that the last time he faced a pass rush, for example, was January 3rd, 2021. He was with the Texans, and it's just a completely different situation. Like I said, the receiving core in Cleveland, they've got Amari Cooper and what? They've got Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku, Anthony Schwartz, David Bell. I don't think they've got that number two guy. More importantly, I'm not sure if they've got that legitimate downfield threat that Will Fuller used to be. And maybe that's what they do. They go and get Will Fuller. This blows the argument to smithereens. But I think the receiving core in Cleveland is a problem for Deshaun Watson. I think he would have to just make a a lot of great work on shorter throws and not necessarily connect on a lot of deep throws like we've seen from him in the past with not just Fuller, but also DeAndre Hopkins when Hopkins was there. Will he run as much? This Browns team just gave him $230 million guaranteed. They're going to let him run around as much as the Texans did, and it wasn't that much. It's like five, six times per game. He averaged around five yards per carry. He was good for anywhere between 60 to 85 fantasy points just on his rushing totals alone. 
I think that comes down. I think the Browns are not going to ask him to run. And why should they? They've got a great running game behind them, which brings me to my next point. Will they even throw as much as Watson did when he was with the Texans? Last year, 54% pass run ratio for Kevin Stefanski's Browns. That's the highest pass run ratio Stefanski's ever called in his time with Cleveland or his time with Minnesota. The lowest amount of pass plays that Watson's thrown in Houston uh, in the last three years, I don't know if you want to count his rookie year, was lower than 54% in his rookie year, but he was at 55% in 2018, 57% in 2019, 63% in 2020. That was the year that he went off and had almost 5,000 yards passing. He was throwing the ball six out of every 10 plays. That's just something that I don't think is going to happen in Cleveland. This last part is just for fun. The Browns' history at quarterback, it's pretty bad. In 2020, we talked to, I just said, 4,800 yards passing for Deshaun Watson. He averaged 301 passing yards per game. Heath, Adam, can you name the last quarterback to do that in Cleveland? To do what? Average how much? 300 yards per game passing. Never. Oh, that's never happened. Have named the last quarterback to throw for 10% less than that, 270 yards per game. No. Yeah, probably not. Never happened. Baker holds the record. For season pass yards per game with 266, only four Cleveland quarterbacks in their franchise history, even before 1990, whenever they moved to Baltimore, uh, thrown for 250 yards in a game in a single season. Watson is only one year with more than 261 passing yards per game in his career. And here's the last thing. It's an unfriendly schedule. He's not in the AFC South anymore. He's taken on the Steelers twice, taken on the Ravens twice. He's got the Chargers, the Patriots, the Bills, the Bucks. New Orleans, these are tough defenses with good pass rushes. I know that offensive line is okay, but I, I just I think that there's so much for Watson to overcome on the field that makes him difficult to trust, especially when there are so many other quarterbacks that are either just as good throwing the ball, if not better, or will run the ball more than Watson is expected to. Okay. Very thorough. I that's good stuff. Yeah. It all makes sense. It's good arguments. Well, okay. Two things I think that don't make sense. I don't think it makes any sense at all that the Browns would make that type of effort to give him that type of money and spend that type of resources and not throw more and not let him run. Like, if you're not going to do that, why would you? That doesn't make any sense. So I do think he's either I agree going, on the first part. I bet he's either going throw to throw more, more or he's going to run. I bet they throw more than 54, but I I don't think it's going to be anywhere near 60%. Well, it doesn't need to be 60%. He's um, true. And I, I don't agree that there are multiple quarterbacks that we can say with certainty are better at throwing the ball than Deshaun Watson. He's one of the greatest young quarterbacks in NFL history. That being said, I've moved him down in my rankings. I'm not sure that he's going to play, and I'm not sure that he should. Um, so... Hmm. I but if you told me he was playing 17 games and all I have to do is talk about Deshaun Watson, the football player, and nothing else is relevant, um, where'd you put him? Where would you put him if that's fourth or fifth? Um, he's he's much, much better than Kyler Murray and will have as good a weapons at least for the first half of the season. He's going to have better weapons than Lamar Jackson. He's better than him. Um, like he He's better than all these guys, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But you have him ahead of Burrow. He's not better than Burrow, necessarily. Well, I don't think Burrow's going to run as much as Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Deshaun I, Watson could run quite a bit less and still run more than Burrow. Yeah, well, 
Okay. All right. All right. All right. Deshaun Watson, uh, not going to be top 10 per game. Not top 10 or top 12. Yeah, top 10 per game. Top That's 10. Bold prediction. So where do you have rank now? Like 20th? 14th. Okay. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll tell you about a wide receiver that will finish top 15 and one that will finish top 20. Bold predictions from Dave when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, we've got an AFC East wide receiver that Dave says is going to finish top 15 in any format. And he is a guy who has never had 600 yards in a season. So who's it going to be, Dave? It's Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo Bills. And uh, I'm, I'm cannonballing into this pool. I think he's going to have an improved role in one of the league's past happiest offenses. Josh Allen might not be a good golfer, Heath, but he's damn good at throwing the football. And he recognized pretty late last year that Gabriel Davis can be good at catching the football. He got more opportunities to play starting in week 14. So there's six games between the regular season and the postseason where Gabriel Davis went off. Final six games, 45 targets, 26 catches, 449 yards, eight touchdowns. That's a 17.6% target share. Catch rate's a little ugly. It's under 60%. It's 58%. He had nine end zone targets. One out of every five targets was an end zone target from Josh Allen for Gabriel Davis. His A dot was 14.9. His yards per route run, 2.1. Now, we can throw out the game against Kansas City because I don't think every game against that he's going to play this year, whether it's against the Chiefs, the Rams, or whoever, he's going to get 200 yards and four touchdowns. So that weighted down quite a bit, which means his other five games, we're taking out the Kansas City game that everybody saw and everybody's eyes popped out of their heads. 35 targets, that's seven per game. 18 catches, 248 yards, four touchdowns. That's four touchdowns in five games. I think he can do that. And he did. Wait, whoa, you think he can do that? You think he can score 14, that, 15 I touchdowns? I think he's going to be a high-volume touchdown guy in Buffalo. Because that's, that's the thing. The he best. has been the most incredible touchdown guy. Every Almost every time he gets five or more targets, he scores a touchdown. It's insane. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to sustain that. What I, I percentage of touchdowns, like... For reference, I don't project anybody for better than a 7% touchdown rate. Like, A.J. Brown has a career 10% touchdown rate. I project him at 7%. Okay. Um, because yeah, I don't, anything I don't above know if he'll be at 7%. Fine, fine. But, so what's Gabriel Davis' if career? He gets like, if he gets 120 targets, 6% gives him 7 touchdowns for the year. No, I think he can beat that. So maybe I am going to give him 7%. I think he can do it. I think there's there's no one threatening his role. All the receivers that they brought in in Buffalo are slot guys to replace Cole Beasley. Emmanuel Sanders is out of there. 
He lined up out wide 80% of his snaps. He's going to continue to line up wide in Buffalo's offense. He should at least see the kind of target share that he did uh, in those five games, which is seven per game, if not more, because you know that Buffalo is going to throw more, so maybe seven and a half per game. And I just uh, I think Allen's going to trust him. I think this offense is going to be explosive. I think Davis is good. He's 23 years old, and he's got a chance to really break out this year. Heath, what do you think about what, what was that number you gave for the A dot and where it should be? Because I'm looking, his A dot last I'd year was. I prefer it in the 11 to 12 range. Yeah, his is higher than that for sure. Uh, it's, it was 13.1 last year, I think. It was over 15 the year before, something like that. There aren't that, it was 15.2 the year before. There aren't that but many I, wide receivers who are fantasy relevant with A dots that high. There are some, like Kenny Galladay, DK Metcalf. Uh, Mike Evans was at 13. Kenny Galladay two years ago. Uh, so, yeah, there are some. Tyler Lockett. But it's a high A dot to be fantasy relevant. Does that matter? Well, it's the reason why he has a 56% catch rate. Right. Because he's running all those deep routes. It's, it matters a lot more in PPR than it does in non. Because it's hard to imagine that he's going to catch 70 passes, really. Um, but if he averages 16 yards per catch, then he can still be good in non-PPR. Um, but it's just... The hard thing is, and and he did have a couple of real monster games and scored a bunch of touchdowns, but in his last eight or nine games on the season, he got over 45 yards twice. He wasn't um, playing as much in a lot of those games, though. They really well, didn't was a, get him a he chance. He played more play in the last six. And in those last six games, he got over 43 yards twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah, he had... 14 targets against the Jets in week 18, which makes those target numbers per game look a lot better. He mm. caught three of them for 39 yards. Yeah, that was his worst game, though. I mean, that was a really shockingly inefficient game for him. Three catches, yeah. 39 yards on 14 targets. Um, you know, the previous well, time right, he faced the Jets, he had three catches for 105 yards on three targets. He's gonna. Yeah, he's, he's just, gonna I that think that guy. fourteen number is really inflating the targets per game over a six-game stretch. Right. What is it is, without it? Does it go up? Well, is it like five? 15, 18, 28, 31 divided by six. Yes, five targets per game, which okay, is but, not the, not not a fantasy relevant number. Yeah, but no. you know, but you know, you kill me when I take away games. I mean, he did he did have those. I, I don't. He had that. Yeah, week 18 happened. Week 18 happened, so did 10 targets against the Chiefs in the playoffs. But the question is, you know, I, I brought this up. When Emmanuel Sanders didn't play or left with an injury, Gabriel Davis was great. Does that matter? Does that make a difference? He's gone. Cole Beasley's gone. Those are target getters numbers two and three on the team. So, you know, it's it's only three or four games. I think four games that Sanders either didn't play or left with an injury. But Gabriel Davis was targeted more very productive in all of those games or three of those four games. Oh, three of those four games. One of them, Josh Allen barely threw. I think it matters a lot. That's why I have him ranked 30 spots higher than he finished last year. You have him ranked where? Like 30th. And Dave, you have Gabriel Davis where? 26th. Okay. Let's so I'm not going to rank. I'm, gonna not, be top 15. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not ranking him as if he will be a... Top 15 receiver. So this is one that's a little bit different than Deontay Johnson. Because I could say that Deontay Johnson should be ranked 21st if he's not going to finish as a top 20 receiver. And Davis, I could have him ranked 15th if I thought he was going to finish as a top 15. That's a bull prediction. But I think you can draft him later. I think you can easily draft. I don't think you should reach for him 
and take him where I would take my 15th ranked receiver, which is round four, I think you can wait a round and a half, two rounds, and still confidently get Gabriel Davis. There were three players who averaged, or two other players who averaged exactly the same number of fantasy points per game as Gabriel Davis last year. They've both had significant changes in circumstances as well. Can you guess who those two players are? No. Do you know how many fantasy points per game he averaged? Would that help in the game? Yeah, that would help. Okay, he averaged 7.9 PPR fantasy points per game. My goodness. Tied with two players who might get drafted. (laughs) There are definitely uh, hives or um, truthers for both of these players. Oh, man. Uh, MVS? MVS. Good job, Dave. Jarvis Landry. No. Um, No. I've got two names. Uh, Kadarius Tony. He's a year older than LaVisca Chenault. Or LaVisca Chenault's the name. He's a year (laughs) older than Gabriel Davis. (laughs) Oh, it's LaVisca. Yeah, LaVisca, MVS, and Gabe Davis. Uh, I was. If anybody was going to give away a trivia question, I would have thought it would be me. Thank you, Heath. Let's go to our next poll prediction. Adam Thielen will finish as a top 20 fantasy wide receiver. So I know you have Gabriel Davis ranked ahead of Deontay Johnson, which is pretty damn bold, Dave. Do you have Adam Thielen ranked ahead of Deontay Johnson? Your bold prediction is that 32-year-old, he'll be 32 in August. Adam Thielen will finish as a top 20 fantasy receiver. I'm double-checking just to make sure, but I believe I do in non-PPR. Uh, no, I, they're back-to-back in non-PPR. Johnson's still ahead of him, so I haven't had the stones to put Thielen ahead of Deontay Johnson in non- or full PPR, and I don't think you have to do that. I think you can wait for Deontay Johnson to get drafted along with probably several other wide receivers before you go and get Adam Thielen. I think everybody forgot about how Thielen started last season. He was a beast through the first 12 weeks, 8.2 targets per game, 70% catch rate, 17 PPR points per game, 15-plus PPR points in 7 of 11 games. How did he do it? The targets were great. The target share, 23%. That was great. He was touchdown dependent. He scored in 10 of 11 games. Uh, The touchdowns made up 32% of his total PPR points. But guess what? He's been doing this with Kirk Cousins for four years. I, I completely get the idea of worrying about a touchdown dependent player when it's been one year, maybe even two years. But I've got four years of data that says that Adam Thielen is the guy for Kirk Cousins when they get inside the 10-yard line. Here it is. In 2021, 28% target share inside the 10-yard line, 36% before Thielen got hurt in week 13. 2020, he played the full year, 43% target share inside the 10. 2019, on the season, it was low. It was 13%, but it was 43% in weeks one through seven before Thielen got hurt. And then back in 2018, 28% inside the 10. The Vikings ranked 30th in pass run ratio inside of 10 yards last year. 2020, they were 28th, dead last in 2019. I think that's a Mike Zimmer joint. I think that's him calling the shots and saying, we're not going to throw as much when we're inside the 10. Let's run it with Dalvin Cook. Kevin O'Connell, now the head coach there, already bringing in a new game plan a whole new mindset. Thielen talked about it on the Pat McAfee show about how he is excited about this new offense and it's re-energizing him a little bit because it's different. To me, that means that they're going to throw even more than they have in the past. It'll probably mean Dalvin Cook gets some targets too. But I think Adam Thielen doesn't lose his role one bit as being the go-to guy for Kirk Cousins inside the 10. I can count on him to get a lot of touchdowns. I think he's in position to do that as long as he stays healthy 
he'll be a top 20 fantasy receiver on a per game basis. It, it is just an indication of how dumb we are that this is a bold prediction because not diet Dave. I mean, the industry as a whole, no, um, I get what you're saying. I'm not offended. Adam Thielen's been a top 15 wide receiver on a per game basis. Three of the past four seasons. <laughs> I think the fact that he's going to be top 20 this year should not surprise. Anyway, the only, only reason I don't have him projected as a top 20 wide receiver is because of the rule. I just told you that I don't project guys for higher than a 7% touchdown rate. Um, like I, there's plenty of reason to be concerned about his age and about injuries and about touchdown regression. Um, but this is what, this is who he's been. Yeah. A lot of bad yards games though. So if he, yeah, if you need he doesn't, touchdowns. if he doesn't score them, you or can the catches some, some like, really bad games. Catches made up a third of his PPR number two. Yeah. I'm okay with that though. You know, that's fine. Sure. <laughs> I like to get, but there's, there's a lot of 39, 50, 46, 46, 65, 62. Those are okay. But, those were some of his games. And then the year before that, it was even worse. I mean, 31, 20. You have Thielen over Gabe, right? Uh, no. No, he has Davis. You have Davis over Thielen. Yeah. He has Davis over Deontay. But I think I, I think I can get both if I go around 5-6, maybe even 6-7 in smaller leagues. See, I think it makes a lot of sense to have Thielen over Deontay. Um, in fact, like it almost you have to talk somebody into having Deontay over Thielen. It should be. But mm-hmm. um, Gabe over either of them, I'm I'm struggling. Oh, with. let me let me tell you ADP. Okay, so guess since May first on NFC, where do you think Deontay Johnson is among wide receivers? Wide receiver what in ADP? Sixteen. Sixteen. Fourteen. Where yeah. do you think Adam Thielen is? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Where do you think yeah. Gabriel Davis is? Twenty-nine. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight, Dave. Woo. 28. Yeah. So he's going seven spots ahead, and that is actually it's it's 12 picks, it's one full round ahead of Adam Thielen. Everyone is insane. <laughs> no, everyone uh wants to reject the older player. They want the new hotness, and they're okay with consistency when when it comes to a younger player, not necessarily an older player. Because you you mentioned Thielen's sure. consistency of being top 15. Three of the past four years, everybody in NFC drafts uh, is is banking on him regressing because he's old. Yeah, right. Okay, let's not go to right. Our, no ageism. Let's go to your last one here. <laughs> this is the boldest, I think. Gerald Everett will finish as a top twelve fantasy tight end. Chargers tight end Gerald Everett, top twelve. Where'd you come up with this one? This is just kind of random. I feel. Well, it's it's not saying much because last year's tight end twelve averaged nine point five fantasy points <laughs> per game. So I, I don't think that this is necessarily bold, and I think we're missing a bold prediction. Actually. Yeah, I took it out because because well, I have it tomorrow. Oh, okay. So you're going to take my bold prediction Fine. that you liked, and you're going to make it yours. I had it before I saw you send it. Well, and I didn't know that you had five, the same right? bold prediction. We all, we all did, did five, five, except I'm only doing three because I vow from this day forward, and I want you guys to hold me to this, that I am only going to work 60% as hard as you guys do. So I am only doing three bold predictions. What do you mean from this day forward? I was like, at 40%. Oh, I I'm going you're up saying to you're 60. going to work more now because Schrager's gone. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm going up to six. Right, okay. exactly. All right, got uh, it. Um, so I took one about James Conner from Dave, but Gerald Everett. Don't worry. I'll give, I'll give my Conner numbers to tomorrow we'll see who likes Connor less okay 
<laughs> it might be Heath. Uh, Gerald Everett, uh, top 12 tight end for the Chargers. Overall in fantasy, but he's on the Chargers now. He was close to averaging nine and a half fantasy points per game in his final nine last year after the bye with Seattle. He averaged 8.8 PPR points per game. He did leave a lot of numbers on the field too. Open, didn't get targeted. Did get targeted, dropped the ball. We all saw it. A tight end has had at least 10 PPR points in 17 of 32 games with Justin Herbert. That's a 53% hit rate. That's actually better than the average, which is like 48%. It's close between the two, but I like Everett's chances of being involved in that offense. I think he's more of an explosive player than Jared Cook and Hunter Henry. So it gives this Chargers offense just a little bit more of a dimension uh, with Everett at tight end. Uh, it's a high-powered offense. You know what the AFC West is going to bring, a lot of high-scoring games. I'm looking for pieces of Chargers players in my drafts. And on my, the projected schedule grades that I did, Chargers came out top two, both overall and early, in tight end projected schedule. He opens with the Raiders. He's got the Chiefs after that, the Jaguars, and the Texans after that. This is the tight end streamer that you can draft late and have carry you through the first three or four weeks of the season. But I also think he can finish top 12 by the time we get to the end of the year. Yeah, this one is, um, I think it's less bold than the Gabriel Davis one for sure. I've got him, I've got Gerald Everett 15th in my projections. If he plays 17 games or even 16 games, I think he'll definitely be top 12. You're right. It is, it is less bold than the Davis one. Davis being top 15 wide receiver, Gerald Everett being a top 12 fantasy tight end. I guess follow I mean, up question. There's an outside shot that Adam's going to be a top 12 tight end next year. Me? Adam yeah. Troutman? No. Why? Because Adam Shaheen. The bar is really low. Oh, 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 yeah. Right. I just said it. 9.5 PPR points per game. I'm going to have to work a it lot harder. It doesn't even good. Than, I wouldn't 60%. want it. It gets me just 9.5. <laughs> uh, unless, unless it was with one of my last three picks. Are we sure? Say, okay, he's a streamer. Are we sure that he's the that he's the tight end who's going to lead all Chargers tight ends in receiving and not Donald Parham? Yeah, I'm I would bank on Everett, the guy they signed as a free agent. Now unless unless Everett gets to training camp and he just turns to doo-doo and Donald Parham is outstanding. Okay. Let's go to our emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This is from Eric a CBS meteorologist in Twin Falls, Idaho. Huh. We always have to answer our colleagues' emails. Right? Absolutely. It's like Twin, a I wonder what the weather's like in Twin Falls, Idaho today. I don't know. I told him I would read the email on the show, weather permitting. Is that funny? I think that's pretty funny, right? Uh, Good for hilarious. <laughs> 12 team PPR, two keeper league. Closing my eyes and keeping Antonio Gibson as a fourth rounder. The only other option is McCaffrey as a first rounder. I'd, I'd keep keep a Caffrey personally. Yeah, and isn't the the phrase "holding my nose"? He said, closing, "No, you can close closing your eyes. my eyes, not holding." You can do both. I thought you closed close your, your eyes mood. when you couldn't choose between two things, and you just chose your eyes. Close your eyes and pick one. He could be holding his nose too. He's a he is a meteorologist. Okay, he has a degree. He's learned. I wonder if the technology is such that he could close his eyes and still tell us the forecast. I no, he probably needs that the would, teleprompter. He could hold Not to mention, up. you know, the, the meteorologists use a green screen. Yeah. So they've got to know where they're standing in relation to the graphics that are on there. Right. He could hold his nose and do it, though. He could do it with this, right. Um, so he also nose. has ETN in the 10th, Cam Akers in the 10th, and J.K. Dobbins in the 12th. Can only keep one of them. So you should keep Christian McCaffrey and J.K. Dobbins. 
You like Dobbins better than Akers? I do. I don't know if I'm ready to commit to one of those running backs. Uh, obviously, you're going to keep one of those three because the value is amazing. But Dobbins, I, I don't know if he's going to be ready to go for training camp. Akers, we don't know what he's going to look like when training camp opens. ETN has, at least he's healthy, at least he's participating uh, and like running, which is better than what the other two, or at least Dobbins anyway, is doing. I think I might right Akers, Akers was Dobbins. running. It was just so slow that it looked like he was walking. <laughs> I'm hoping that he's a little bit better. For now, I would I would pencil in Akers, and I think I'd agree that CMC is the first. Well, yeah, because also he gets to pick his draft order. So you could pick well, – he's got the second pick. You could pick 12th, per se, and keep McCaffrey, keep McCaffrey. and then get the, the next pick. Yes. I do like that. Love it. Yeah. All right, Great for, strategy. Thank you. From we call it the Azer strategy. From Matthew. Hmm. Where's Matthew from? Clarksville, Maryland. Who is your favorite running back in Miami in redraft? Or is that a backfield you would prefer to avoid? I'd prefer to avoid it, but if I had to pick one, I would is it based on draft value or just who I think is going to end up with the best numbers at the end of the year? Because yeah. I think it's pretty easy to say that Edmonds is going to be the one that ends up with the best numbers at the end of the year, especially in PPR. But do I, do I like that? I have to take him in like round seven to get him. It's okay. I don't I, know what I anyone's do, ADP I, is. Yeah. So that's fair. Why don't I kind of know. I kind of know. I think Edmonds is in the nineties, close to a hundred. Is he really? Moster is like one twenty. You're right. He's 97th on NFC. Love Edmonds. Moster. Yeah, like, I, I like Edmonds at that value. Most are like 120 or so, and Michelle Michelle's in the 180s. 180. I would draft Edmonds and Sony Michelle at that cost. I would too. I don't Mostert's know if I'm in the 160s. 160 for most are okay. Still, both of them ahead of Alec Pierce. That's sad. 170th for most are uh, as of May 1st. Okay, next email is from Andrew in a suburb of Washington D.C. Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Aaron, Garrett. Only. Let's go with only. Hey, Aaron, Garrett, Anthony, and Nestor. Oh, Adam, he knows this one for sure. Yeah, I won't I won't be seeing Nestor pitch either because he's pitching the early game of the doubleheader. These are Yankees. Wow, well, it's Nestor versus Otani? Yeah, it's Nestor Cortez versus Otani in the afternoon. What a bummer. Like, let them pitch tonight. Why don't you just go to the afternoon game instead? Uh, I wouldn't be part of my 60% pledge. I got you know, I got stuff to do. Why? Go to the afternoon game and then come back and work after. I have thumbnails to make. Uh, I don't have tickets to the afternoon game. I have a ticket to the Can someone game. make thumbnails for Adam so that he no. can go to a Yankees game? No. I'm in a 10-team PPR keeper league. We start three flexes and two wide receivers. We can keep up to three players. We lose the corresponding draft pick. Uh, I kept Justin Jefferson, Alvin Kamara, and Joe Mixon. So I wouldn't usually have my first pick until the fourth round. However, I traded later picks to get the second overall pick. I've been told the first overall pick is going to be Javante Williams. So after that, I can take CeeDee Lamb, Mark Andrews, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, or Mike Evans. Now, he already has Jefferson, Kamara, and Mixon. So who who would you take? Lamb, Andrews, Tyreek Hill, Debo, or Evans? Lamb. Andrews. That was that's where he's torn between Lamb and Andrews. 
I, I you have Lamb over Debo. Uh, yeah, I do. Pretty sure I do. I think yeah, I you have Debo over Lamb, but Dave, that's really close. Yeah, I have Lamb as a top twenty player, but you don't have Andrews as a top twenty player. Twenty fifth. Okay. Okay, if you want a tiebreaker, I would take uh, Lamb over Andrews, but those are the two best. From Ross, from the home of chicken wings. My belly? Buffalo? I don't know. With their current ADP being fairly low, would it be smart to take Juju Smith-Schuster and another Chiefs wide receiver and Alan Lazard and another Packers wide receiver with the thought that you could get two top options for great quarterbacks for essentially free? Well, the Juju pick wouldn't be free. Well, I think he's I around he's 70th. Two, the, the other receiver, I guess, he means. So well, go, if you're just trying to get receivers for free, why would you bother with Juju and Lazard? Because they're cheap. Why not just target? He's trying to find the number target. one wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Right. So okay. it's, he's trying to use the friendship strategy to find the number one wide receiver for elite quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. I don't think I'd do it with both, though, because there's no guarantees that you're going to get a true elite there, and that's four roster spots that you're tying up. I would much rather do it with Kansas City than I would with the Packers. Oh, you would? See, I'm yeah. the opposite. I would rather with the, one of these teams doesn't have Travis Kelsey, and Kelsey's going to hog up a ton of targets as it is. That's true. So I would rather take that, and you can get Lazard after Juju in your draft. You might be able to get Lazard I just these don't. days in like round nine. What's the hope for Alan Lazard? Like if everything goes right, volume, but touchdowns. Like seven, Deontay Johnson. No, uh, I don't think not so. quite as good as Deontay's been. I think he's a different player. I, I think. Yeah. I think you look at the James Jones season, and I'm not saying it's going to be like that. But you're thinking Aaron Rodgers is a touchdown machine. He's going to throw to somebody. He did it. You know, Lazard caught some touchdowns late in the year. Like you, don't, you don't think Lazard looks like a hundred and ten catch kind of guy, do you? No, I think he's more like <clears throat> seventy. But so, he got a lot of end zone targets from Rodgers last year. So you think Lazard has more upside than Juju? I don't. No, but I don't think he's too far behind. But can I tell you where Lazard? I also is going? don't think Juju's going to be used exactly the same as he was in Pittsburgh. Can no, I tell you the ADPs though? Because the ADPs are going to are going to knock your socks off. Juju's Juju is 71. 75. 71. 71? No. Yeah. Since May first, I was going to say sixty-five. Alan Lazard is one hundred and twenty-seventh. One of the best values that you'll have this year. That's um. Yeah, I've got Lazard 99th, So. That's fine. It's good. Bad. It's still very good. Yeah. Christian Watson's 131st. Um, I have Watson 119th, so I guess they're both fine. Take them in the 910 range. All right. This one's from yeah, Cole. Yeah, that's the combo I would target. Okay. Lazard Watson. From Cole. So I asked for crazy fantasy stories uh, with the Jock Peterson situation, and Cole gave us one. 10-team Superflex League. It's a keeper league that's been going on since 2009. Uh, From the offseason of 2018, we had just decided the keepers for each team and posted them on our Facebook group and updated the draft board with where the players would be represented during the draft. Remember, this is 2018. I had the second pick, and knowing that the first pick would be Aaron Rodgers, I posted, does anyone want Zeke or David Johnson? 
This was in reference to the consensus top two players who would be available at the two spot. I had neither Zeke nor David Johnson as a keeper, and neither did anyone else. And if they were keepers, they'd both be first-rounders. A manager messaged me, asking me about David Johnson. After some back and forth, we agreed to a trade of my number two pick, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eleventh round picks, for his number five, second, fourth, eighth, and ninth. The details don't really matter there, so you you don't have to memorize it, but... It was posted on the Facebook group. And then 24 hours later, he starts to dispute the trade because it did not include David Johnson. And remember, they had already they had already updated the draft board and they had already posted all of their keepers. Uh, note, we had talked about the keepers on the Facebook keeper post, so it's easy to assume that he read the list. He then disputes the trade because it didn't actually include David Johnson. Apparently, he thought I traded for David Johnson, but that still wouldn't really give him my first-round pick because I'd be taking David Johnson as my keeper. So to recap, he thought I was sending him a player that was a first-rounder along with my first-round pick. Not possible. He messaged me about a player I didn't currently roster, and I assumed he'd be taking David Johnson with the second pick. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. We both make multiple Facebook posts and people vote. It comes down to a coin flip, which I lost. So the trade does not go through. We're both still in the league. Nothing crazy happened in the aftermath other than everyone realizing that he can't read and is a complete dumbass. The end. (laughs) He said, did anybody want David Johnson? Implying you can have my second overall pick to take David Johnson. The guy makes the trade, gets the second overall pick, and also thought he was getting David Johnson. But I completely agree with our listener here, Cole. Like, all the keepers were posted. He should have known. He's not trading for David Johnson. I think that our listeners can really raise the bar on the crazy things that happen in fantasy leagues. (laughs) Um, And if you don't have a good punchline about something crazy that happened at the end of these stories, then please add one. There's nobody fact-checking these stories. Um, That's true. just, Just give me something funny at the end. He called him a dumbass. I thought that was funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you never seen Beavis and Butthead? It's a very uh, I funny watched word. a lot. Have I never told you the story about how my mom got Beavis and Butthead taken off the air? Oh my gosh, what a monster. <laughs> it was her? <laughs> <laughs> Can we save this? I'm putting it in the notes for tomorrow because I don't want to wait this long in the show to hear this story. And no, you've never told that story. That is amazing. <laughs> Okay, guys, thanks for your time. Got bold predictions uh, and your emails, Apple Podcast questions, and the reason why we can't watch Beavis and Butthead anymore on our (laughs) Friday show. We'll talk to you then. Have a great day, everybody. Go Yankees. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 